0: The <laughs> Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, let's move on. Uh, this weekend's uh, defund the police protests took place in various places across the country. Uh, one in Montreal saw the toppling of a statue of Sir John A. Macdonald, uh, and this has reignited the statue uh, debate across the country. What is the answer here? Do we uh, remove these statues? Do we put them in a museum? Do we uh, perhaps bring them into context with? a plaque beside them that tells the whole story of the person uh, in the statue. Let's bring in Alyssa Freeman. Uh, Alyssa PR, she is with us now. Uh, Alyssa, thanks for the time. I hope you're doing well.
1: Oh, yes, I hope you're doing well, too, Scott.
0: So what are your thoughts? Uh, what's the difference between, uh, uh, say, a John A. McDonald or any other statue or a, Canadi- or a Confederate flag? Is this one of these situations where each one has to be uh, uh, you know, evaluated individually. Where do you start with this?
1: You know, here we are at a, at a time in our own history where I don't think anybody thought we'd be thinking about this. If we were on the phone five years ago, and I'm not sure that we would have thought we, we would have been talking about this, Scott. So the times have, became, have have made people more aware and or woke to the fact that maybe all our historical heroes, yes, they may have some blemishes throughout their career, Um, However, maybe there are some of those that we should not be celebrating at all, and that are big enough that they should not become icons and or monuments. And so we've seen this happening in the States. We saw it with the Confederate flag and uh, the connotations that it stood for, and the number of statues that have been coming down across the USA because of those people who had uh, ties to slavery. We just recently read of a medical school where the name has now come off of the residence because he was well-known for, uh, this particular doctor was well-known for having slaves. And, and, you know, you have to imagine if you are a person of color and staying in a residence named after somebody who held your ancestors as slaves, I have to imagine that would make that person feel very uncomfortable. So prior to that, I don't think many people gave it a thought, and many people didn't take other, feel, other people's feelings or historical ancestries into consideration. However, that's all now flipped on its head, and we need to start taking a closer look as to what our icons or our historic icons truly represent, and if they truly represent what we consider as being, because we're here, uh, a good Canadian.
0: So, do we uh, learn from the past, or do we just try to remove it? Do we do? Do we take a statue of a John A. Let's say, do we move it into a museum? Uh, do we leave the statue where it is, but put a plaque up that states the whole story and, and what's happened here, and you know, uh, you know, the trials and tribulations of of the particular person? Is that the answer, or is the answer just removing them?
1: the answer is movie. I think the answer is, is providing appropriate context, and I think that that's very, very important. Um, you know, when we read those little plaques that often sta- are in front of statues around, you know, we go through a park all around the country, it gives you some sort of a historical context or a little story about uh, what that person and why that person has been, is represented. But they don't tell the whole story, Scott. And I like your idea of saying, you know what? Yes, he did great things, but... There was a time. So, you know, you can't whitewash history just to talk about the good things. You know, it's not like your resume where you're not going to put the bad things that you did on a job, right? So, you know, we do that all the time. But when it comes to historical figures, because once a story is set in stone, so to speak, it's set in stone, and it's very hard to correct the record moving on. That's why in my business, um, when I'm doing public relations strategy with a client, we always have to make sure that everything is evidence based and that the numbers can hold up. So, if you decide if your if your numbers or your facts are a little bit wishy washy and they're covering up for something, they, you know, maybe you shouldn't you know you shouldn't be talking about it in the first place. So I think that moving forward, when we start talking about people that we want to, and I'm going to say the word idolize or commemorate um, in the form of a permanent monument, I think we need to tell the whole story and not just the good bits.
0: The other thing that I find fascinating in all this, and, and I, I, I wrote this in my commentary today, that, it, you know, it, it just seems odd that today's society zeroes in on events or leadership of the past to blame them, because we need someone to blame, I guess, for our current woes. When in fact, that's where society was. Back in those days, it's not John A. McDonald. It's just he's the guy with the statue. The rest of society was fine with all of this. This is where society was. So do does everybody who who is critical of the statues go back and look at their own family trees, look in their own vaults to see how their family reacted to certain positions of another period? Uh it seems like John A McDonald did all these bad things uh against everyone's wishes. I don't think that was the case. He was the politician of the day. And much like in today's society, don't blame the politician. Blame society who puts him there or her there.
1: Yeah, I don't know, Scott. I mean, you make a good point, but it's a very slippery slope. So if we look at, you know, what led to World War II, um, you know, in terms of Nazism. Like, what do we say? Well, you know, that was the time of the that, that that's what was happening in that historical context. People just didn't like this particular race. So they decided that the best thing to do would be to exterminate them. But that's just how the prevailing thinking at the time.
0: Yeah, but the the, the point is, yeah, I see where you're going. Sorry, go ahead, make your point. Yep, go ahead.
1: So I understand that we, um, uh, our historical societies, took certain facts and certain um, ideologies uh, as verbatim, maybe without questioning them. Uh, And maybe some people did question them, although, you know, maybe not a lot is written about, you know, the other side of certain historical context. But once you know, the, the thing about society is that you have this ability to, you know, to, that's why we study history. We study it, too, in order to, it, to keep understanding and exploring historical context and how it relates to today. Because if we don't learn from history, we'll never be able to move forward with our future. So I, I think that history unders, does study, the study of history does look at the context of why people thought that way during that time, but it also shows the evolution of going from point A to point B because times change. Um, Facts become more apparent. There's different spokespeople providing context. So not to do that and always give a pass to, well, that's just the way people thought. Personally, um, I have a hard time with that, but there are a lot of people who do subscribe to it, depending on the situation.
0: Um so basically what you're saying is having a statue of John A McDonald is like having a statue of Hitler. No. Correct me if I'm wrong, like help me out. No, help me out here. I'm I'm going right I mean, to the edge here I mean, with you, Alyssa. Saying,
1: what we're saying is is providing context. Yeah. That if you're now going to have a statue of John A McDonald, it's got to include it should include everything. And for this particular, I mean, I don't have the answers to this. I mean, some people say, take that statue that was torn down and put it in a museum and talk about why it was torn down. Yeah. Um, I think that this is a very, very contentious time for historians um, all over the world to come to grips with our history. We will always still think of Sir John A. as the founder of Canada. I mean, that is his claim to fame. However, there are these, you know, there are these other, um, you know, points of uh, within his historical context that really haven't come to light since until maybe in the last few years. But I think that those stories need to be told and not whitewashed. How we decide to tell them, yeah, I'm going to leave it to the historians to try and figure out.
0: Is it because with the indigenous uh, genocide, it, it 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 kept going? It, it nobody systemically it just kept going from one generation to another to another to another till finally a hundred fifty years later, a hundred years later, we're discovering, sheesh, we should have put a stop to this before. Whereas something uh, the other side of this with the with with your example of Hitler, for example, that was. Identified and stopped relatively quickly. Certainly not quick enough, but relatively quickly in historic terms, as compared to something like this, which seemed to go on for generations. Does that does that change anything in any way, Alyssa?
1: You know, I think that you brought up a lot of good points there, Scott. Uh, you know, historical context needs to keep being studied, and. Yeah. How we interpret it is 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 really ha, has become more important than ever. And when it comes to our First Nations nations people, there has been so much that because of the Truth and Reconciliation Committee, that I as a Canadian have learned that I never learned before because there was no history, and on any of the history books that I studied, nobody was talking about yeah. residential schools. Yeah now there is and that is a serious blight on canadians canadian history it really is and we can see how it's become that the whole treatment of the first nations people has become systemic in the way that we still treat them and then the way that they are still trying to fight for just some even some very basic rights so if we don't talk about history status of people who have had lower status, let's say, will never ever change unless we provide context and we allow for that change. So it's the allowing for the change that some people are very, very uncomfortable with. And that is what we need to come to terms with. And so when we talk about systemic, people don't understand, I think, well, I think people are starting to understand what systemic means. And how an action keeps getting perpetuated and doesn't yeah. change the status of the person that it's happening to. Until you reach a boiling point. And when they reach that boiling point, everybody's like, what? 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 But, um, you know, well, it wasn't happening to you. You had the privilege of not having any of those injustices happen to you. So that's what's taking people a longer time to create that switch yeah. in their minds. That they need to start acting differently, talking differently, and also providing different context to our our history.
0: I remember having this discussion uh last week with uh with an expert that was saying, you know, I think people get offended when you say something like, or white people get offended when you say something like uh, systemic racism because uh, it gives them the feeling that they're being racist. And that's not the situation. There's lots of people who aren't racist that are operating within a systemic uh, 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 racist situation but just don't even know it because it hasn't been brought to their attention. So we have to stop being offended by this and just understand it.
1: I agree. I I agree. You know, you've never walked into a bank and said, I need a mortgage for a house. And they're like, well, I don't know. I don't like your name. So or you wanted to move into an area and then felt completely unwelcome. Or you wanted to send your kid to school in a certain area, but you couldn't. So we don't we don't suffer. Many of us don't suffer from those injustices. And that's where systemic comes from. So it's not that we're, I I don't think it's that people are pointing fingers and saying, you're a racist because you've allowed this systemic uh, nature to happen. I think what they're saying is, you know enough, we're trying to point this out, so now that you know, how could you help us change? And getting to that point of change is the
0: hardest part of all. And, you know, we certainly see this with Black Lives Matter. And then, you know, the opposite side will say, all, you know, all lives matter. Well, there's a perfect example of kind of missing the point. Yeah. Uh, what about more equal representation of memorials, plaques, statues or whatever? So, you know, next to John A. have a prominent indigenous leader who was trying to fix this. I mean, is that the answer?
1: And why not? Because nobody's ever considered having that before.
0: Like right next to them.
1: You know, and why not? I think that these are some of these things of change, that some may be easier fixes, and some might be more long-term fixes. But I think that providing more opportunity to show those various facets of our history in a way that creates greater awareness for people, and if that means... Um, creating monuments or opportunities to learn more about our history. You know, there's an organization in in Ottawa called Historica Canada, which is dedicated to doing that. And we see um, a lot of those minutes, you know, we used to see them coming up and now we're seeing them more and more often. I think that that's a great start. And I bet that they're sitting there thinking, okay, we need to, and, they, and they've they already done, I think, a good job of showing all different facets and of all different types of people that have made their mark in Canadian history. But I think that we are going to see from them a lot more of a diverse, and I don't know this for sure, but I'd have to think that, that this is what they'll do. They'll show a lot more diversity on those people who made Canada Canada. And I think that that's the type of thing that we should be looking forward to.
0: Alyssa Freeman is been with us, Alyssa PR, AlyssaFreeman.com. As always, Alyssa, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. Be well. Thank, thank you, Scott. You too. 1226 News on the way. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900-CHML.